Hello, my friends, and welcome back to The Wildest Podcast. If you're new here, my name is Jandra Sutton, and I'm an author, entrepreneur, and speaker who is obsessed with learning and sharing about all things personal development. And for our longtime listeners, welcome back. I'm so glad to have you here with me today. As always, my goal is to help you get more out of life. Without further ado, let's get started with this week's topic, failure, why it's a good thing, and more importantly, how to get comfortable with it. If you're anything like me, you probably hear the word failure and cringe a little bit. I've spent my whole life avoiding failure, so the idea that it's a good thing and that I should want to fail is hard to grasp, and it makes sense. Looking back at my life, I was basically primed to chase success. We all are in some way or another. We're told to pay attention, study hard, and get good grades in school. Some of us played sports where, you know, the goal is winning. Even now, you probably have a few goals that you're working towards, which means you're pushing yourself to achieve something, not to fail to achieve something. But while we look at failure as a lack of success, I've started to view it a little bit differently. In fact, if you look up the definition of failure, Merriam-Webster's dictionary lists the first definition as an omission of occurrence or performance. Omission in this case, meaning something neglected or left undone. If you shorten that a little bit, we're left with a pretty basic statement. Failure is a thing left undone. I don't know about you, but that immediately changes the way I feel about failure. It feels a little less emotional, a little bit less like the complete opposite of success, and more like a statement of fact a thing left undone. Is that bad? It doesn't feel bad, at least not to me. It feels matter of fact. If my goal is to get my next book published, failure doesn't mean that I'm not successful. It means that my goal isn't completed. Can you hear the implication there? Because there's a word missing at the end of that sentence, and that word is yet. Just because something hasn't happened yet doesn't mean that it won't. It doesn't mean that I'm terrible at what I do. It doesn't mean that I'm worthless or that I'm never going to achieve my goals. And it doesn't mean that I should give up and quit. All of that extra context is simply my own emotional baggage tacked onto a word that doesn't have to be a bad thing. After all, and this sounds a little bit silly, but all goals are undone until they're done. If you sat down right now and wrote five brand new goals for yourself or your life on a piece of paper, they'd be undone. That's the whole point of setting goals. They're things you want to do or accomplish, and they haven't come to pass yet. Does that mean that you failed? Absolutely not. That would be ridiculous. So why are your perceived failures such a bad thing? For me, like I mentioned earlier, it's because they're loaded with all of that extra emotional context. It's not that failing or our new definition, things left undone, is necessarily bad or painful in its own right. Sure, They might be, depending on the situation, but more often than not, it's my own perception of what that means about me that makes potential failures all the more painful. I'm afraid that my failure means something, like that I'm worthless. Even in situations where failure might be painful, like let's say, for instance, giving a speech and forgetting all of it on the stage, the bulk of the quote-unquote pain or discomfort doesn't come from the failing itself. It comes from what my feelings are about that situation. And if I gave a speech and forgot it all, I'd feel embarrassed. I'd be afraid that I looked like an idiot, not because I care about what other people think, although, okay, yes, I do, but also because I care about not looking like an idiot. Again, it's my own personal context, my own emotions about what I think failure does or doesn't mean about me that makes failure a so-called bad thing. If you work on understanding and removing those contexts, suddenly failure isn't that bad. Unfortunately, the more you care about something, the harder it is to do so. However, if you want to get better at viewing failure unemotionally or eventually viewing it as a good thing, you can start by picking something small that doesn't have that much of an emotional context. 
Personally, I got lucky and this happened accidentally. I was working on a PR client's campaign a few years ago and I decided to pitch an essay to Business Insider on behalf of my client. Prior to this, Business Insider was actually on my wish list for one of my dream publications that I wanted to be published in. And I was way too scared to pitch them because I was scared I was going to fail. But as I was doing this for my client's campaign, I just went about it. I did my research on the right topic to pitch, drafted up my email, found the correct editor to send my email to, and I hit send. Sure, I was still invested in the email. I wanted to succeed on behalf of my client, but I also didn't really care if it didn't turn out. After all, it wasn't my piece. Plus, I knew enough about how the media works to understand that rejections aren't personal. Maybe the editor didn't have any availability for new pieces at that time. Maybe the topic had been written about recently. Or maybe it's just really hard to land an essay in Business Insider. But then I got a response, and that response was yes. Within a week, my client's essay was published on Business Insider's website, and my client was over the moon. This was a major win for their PR campaign, and all it took was one single email. Without that email, the chance of my client appearing in Business Insider was basically zero. With that email, the chances skyrocketed and ended up working out. And the crazy thing was that my client wasn't that much more experienced than I was. They hadn't written for tons of publications, they didn't have a household name, and they were only a month or two into their PR campaign. Meanwhile, I'd written for countless publications at this point, including Greatest, Hello Giggles, Britain Co., and Healthline, but I was too terrified to pitch Business Insider for myself because one, I assumed that I'd never get accepted, and two, I was afraid of what that rejection might quote-unquote mean about me. But once I saw it happen for someone else, and I saw how easy and relatively painless it was, I immediately thought, why can't I do that? Because yes, it was really easy to land that piece, but even if I failed, it suddenly didn't feel as heavy or emotionally loaded. So I did. I brainstormed a topic, I found the correct editor to pitch, I sent the email, and guess what? She said yes. I landed my first piece in Business Insider just like that. And even if I hadn't landed it, I knew that I could just try again. After all, as the saying goes, even if it is a little cliche, failure is proof that you're trying. After my experience with Business Insider, I realized that I'd been looking at failure all wrong. I'd been avoiding it for years, but that experience made me realize something incredibly vital, that the risk of failure is necessary to success. Look at it this way. Let's say there's something you want to accomplish, like starting your own small business. In this scenario, success is starting your business and failure, well, there are a few different options for what failure might look like in this case, but let's stick with a pretty basic definition, that no one buys what you're selling and you make zero dollars. If you do absolutely nothing to start your business because you're afraid of failure, of no one buying what you're selling and making zero dollars, then what are your chances of success? Zero. In this case, it's literally impossible to have people buy what you sell and make money if you don't start the business, which means failure as we defined it at the beginning of this scenario is 100% likely to happen. There is 0% chance of you getting what you want. Now let's look at the opposite scenario. Let's say you do start your business and you put yourself out there. These numbers aren't exact, but let's pretend there's a 50% chance of you getting what you want, people buying what you're selling and making money, and 50% chance of not getting what you want. In both of these situations, Failure as we defined it still exists. If you don't start the business, there's a 100% chance that no one will buy your stuff because they literally can't. How can they buy something that doesn't exist? If you do start the business, there's still a 50% chance that no one will buy your stuff, sure, but there's also a 50% chance that they will. So if the possibility for failure exists in both options, then why not take the path that at least gives you the chance for success as well? 
As soon as I started looking at my life and my goals this way, everything started to change for me. I realized that by not trying because I was afraid of failing, I was guaranteeing that I wouldn't succeed. I couldn't succeed because I wasn't even trying. That's because for success to be possible, failure must also be possible. Sure, there are things you can do to reduce the risk of failure, just like there are things you can do to increase your chances of success. But no matter what you do, if you're trying, if you're putting yourself out there, then there's a chance that you could fail. But there's also a chance that you could succeed. And that's the important part. That's the thing you have to learn to focus on. Now, this hasn't cured my fear of failure, but it certainly has been a step in the right direction. Because like with many things we've talked about on this podcast, it's not about learning how to get rid of your fears. It's about learning how to cope with them and move through them anyway. That's all we have time for in today's episode, but if you want to learn more about failure and how to get more comfortable with it, I've shared some resources with you in the show notes for this episode on my website. You can check them out at janderly.com failure and scroll to the bottom to see a few of my favorite tools for getting more comfortable with failure. Thank you again for joining me for today's episode of The Wildest Podcast, and I hope you enjoyed this discussion about failure, why it's a good thing, and how to get more comfortable with it. As always, if you want to talk more about this subject, feel free to follow me on Instagram and TikTok at Janderly. My DMs are always open, and you can join The Wildest community by following us on Instagram at The Wildest Podcast. If you have any ideas or suggestions for upcoming episodes, feel free to shoot me a message on social media or send an email to hello at janderly.com. In the meantime, please don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and please, please leave us a review. I hope you have an absolutely wonderful day. And as always, keep working, keep striving, but don't forget to take a break if you need one. Bye. What does perfect even mean? Is there even such a